welcome to another episode of Podcast on Fifth Ave. Some big news for the Penguins this week. It happened very quickly, honestly, faster than I was expecting. So we're just going to get right into it. Brian Rust re-signed with the Penguins. Out of all of the players to re-sign, I wasn't expecting him to be first. And again, was not expecting it to happen so, so quickly. So Taylor, give us the details of this deal and what that means for the Penguins in terms of their current status and moving forward. Yeah, it is a six-year extension. Um, He has a full no-movement clause in the first three years, no sort of protection in the final three. Um, And it's a 5.125 uh, million cap hit. Other kind of interesting takeaway from it: the the breakdown of the actual salary. Um, it's it's front loaded, um, meaning like the actual dollars. It doesn't affect the cap hit, but the actual dollars they're paying him high, much higher in the beginning, and then it drops off to like three. You know, at the end, which is something you do. It's you know he's gonna be thirty six when this expires. That makes him much more appealing to to trade like towards the end of this if it gets to that point. But I mean. Yeah, we weren't expecting this to happen that fast. I don't think he was either because he talked on cleanout day and he's like, we're going to see what happens in the next couple of weeks here. And it's like three, what, like three, four days later, he has, you know, an extension. He said, you know, kind of came together really. There's like one day of talks and then they kind of stopped for a bit because it was his son's first birthday party. <laughs> and then after this uh, Hunter's first birthday party, they got the deal done. But I mean, he definitely took a discount. And this mm-hmm. really, I think, it does help to get him done first because, I mean, projections for him, the website I like to use, it's called Evolving Hockey. It's an advanced stat site, but they do um, contract projections based on comparable players, you know, as far as performance, but then also age type of player, whatever. And Rust was um, projected to get uh, over $7 million. And that was kind of the thought, too, that, you know, if he mm-hmm. would have tested free agency, you know, you, you know, a team like Detroit with a lot of cap space, his hometown team could definitely give him that kind of money. But yeah. for him to sign, you know, $5.125 million, that's that's huge. And I think help, getting that done early really helps the Penguins moving forward. Having, you know, that done moving forward is what happens with Malkin Latang. It, it helps um, to know this now. Of um, course. And, Je- yeah, Jenna, what do you, so now that they have Brian Russ signed, a lot of people on Twitter were kind of – uh, implying or just straight out saying, well, yeah, okay, so now you can say goodbye to one or both of Malkin and Latang. How d- how much weight does that actually hold? Is it really that impossible to think that because the Penguins signed Brian Rust for way less than he could have been making somewhere else that we're really going to be unable to see Chris Latang and Evgeny Malkin back as part of the Penguins? What do you think about that? I think it was kind of getting that first piece of the puzzle down. So like you have the corners of the puzzle and you have like little chunks here and there, but this was like that first big section where it's like, okay, you can kind of see the rest of the picture, see how it's kind of all forming out because he was the one that everybody thought, like we were saying was going to go. It was almost like I saw some of the notifications on my phone. I, um, I'm trying to remember who was, I think Darren Drager was the first one that reported it. And I looked down, I'm like, hold on a minute here. Like that it was one of those moments where you're like, that didn't, this was not, I don't think a lot of people expected this. And what was funny too, is I went back once everything had happened and listened to his end of the season press conference, which was a couple days prior to him signing this deal. Mm -hmm. And now a lot of the things he said, like 
make a little bit more sense. And of course, hindsight's always twenty twenty. So you can look and be like, okay, well, he was meaning this. But he had said basically that, you know, he wasn't looking to rob anyone, which we talked about. He just mm-hmm. wanted what he deemed was a fair and a reasonable contract. And this for him, I think, was the big point. I think he wanted the money... I don't think mattered as much as the term, as the length of how many years he wanted to play here. I think that was kind of a big sticking point for him. And that was more of, hey, I want you guys to show that you want me here for this amount of time. And I think that probably was a little bit more of the negotiating factor for him where he said, okay, if you're going to agree to the six-year part, I'll take a little bit of a hometown discount, which he did hint at when we talked with him too. I don't entirely know what this means for Malkin and Latang because I think Mm – you can still work something out. I just, I mean, we've kind of been saying this too, but I just personally think that there's going to be a chance for Latang to go somewhere and get a whole lot more money. And that's what I think, I think that's what it feels like to me it's going to come down to, but also again, no one expected this happening this soon, yeah. this quickly. So you don't know what's going to happen. That's kind of the fun part of it too. And uh, go, going back to Russ, I mean, I, cause he did a virtual availability after he signed the deal. And I asked him like, you know, it seems like you could have gotten bigger offers had you, you know, hit free agency, but that ever something you're seriously, you know, actually considering. And he said, you know, in the beginning, you know, just the agent tells you like, well, if you hit free agency, you could get this, this and this. But beyond that, he said there was really not, you know, thought into to doing that. They talked about, you know, his family. He met his wife here. His son's born here. Um, all that. His wife was actually, um, he met her because she was Trevor Daly's nanny. Like, oh my before, god, before Trevor Daly like got traded here, but then when Trevor Daly got traded here, you know, he brings the nanny with him. Wow, and then he lost the nanny because she married Brian Ross. But, um, oh at the time, goodness. his she also had two brothers, one in Wilkesbury, one in Wheeling, too. So, a lot of ties, but, um, I mean, so back to the actual discussion, um, just looking at their projected cap space, they have just under 24 million. Um, and that's with uh, eight forwards under contract, six defensemen, one goalie on the NHL roster. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. You figure maybe, what, $16 million, let's say, from between Malkin and Latang. Then you have to add, like, one one goalie. Um, I don't know, a couple more forwards. I don't know if you want an extra. But, like, there's there's ways to get this done. Um because a lot of the, the holes you're looking to fill for Ford are those, you know, bottom six type guys who are going to be around league minimum, one million between that range. So I, it's it's not a given that um, they can't bring back one of them, especially if you move out like one of the defensemen, like like a Pedersen, uh, and free up his, you know, cap hit and then bring up PO, shave money that way. I, yeah. I mean, it's it, there are ways to get this done. Yeah, and yeah, and I. I do think that it's interesting, like, because, yes, obviously Brian Rust has an emotional attachment to the city of Pittsburgh, but this team has had so much potential going into the postseason the last few years, and it would be a totally different kind of thing if he were to go sign somewhere with a ton of cap space like Detroit. And how how much do you think that that kind of, I guess it's kind of twofold. So like, how much do you think that playing for a competitive team also impacts the decision that's made by guys like Brian Russ, but also like, what does that say about the way these guys feel about this team that they're a part of, that they would be willing to take less money to kind of keep the band together? It, it just kind of seems like that would play sort of, sort of into the decision, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I think this means he thinks the window is very much um, still open. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's what that's what this means because he, yeah, he could have gotten more money, probably the same term elsewhere. Um, you know, and there are reasons like Detroit sentiment. He has sentimental reasons to sign there too. So it's not just that his family kept him here, even though he said that was a big part of it, not wanting to like uproot his family and all. But I think he got you know a term he was comfortable with, the money he's fine with, even though he could have. He could have definitely gotten more. His family's happy, but he also has to think that he has a chance to still win here um, and actually, you know, do something. Um, even if he doesn't play those six years here, I know people were. I saw people have issue with like the term um, six years. They think that like I, and I saw comments saying that was like too much, but I don't think <laughs> six years. Like the core is going to be yeah. gone. This is. Mm-hmm. by then like if he's still around and they're gonna go into a full rebuild then you just ship him out he like he doesn't mm-hmm. have any trade protection then his actual salary yeah. is lower you ship him out and then you go into the rebuild so right. i just think it, it's something that works for both sides mm-hmm. yeah. and for him yeah. he gets to continue playing with Sidney crosby i mean that right mm-hmm. there has to just be you know, we talk about it all the time, but for him, guys like him and Jake Ensel, like that has to be the greatest sell in the world. And even you look at kind of through the years, guys that have played alongside Sid, I always go to Connor Sherry just because that's where my brain goes. But, you know, you have the opportunity to play with arguably one of the greatest hockey players, if not the greatest of all time. I'm going to cough. Don't yeah. mind me. <laughs> Dude, you got to do. Yeah, but that's you're definitely right. And it's how how could you turn that down and honestly like people people freak out about terms all the time like literally people are always losing their minds over terms but like i'm thinking back to the and jack johnson is its own category but like people freaked out about the brandon tanov thing and he's gone like if if a team really wants to move a player and not keep them on the roster they'll find a way to do it so terms like the fact that they were able to get to an agreement with him and make it happen so quickly and bring like kind of lock him down. That's an encouraging thing because it also means that the front office is willing to get stuff done. And that's a huge deal because there's a lot of work for them to do this off season with, with everything that's going on. Why don't we take a quick break? When we come back, we can talk a little bit about Ron Hextall and what he said in his own media availability this week. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we're back. Ron Hextall also spoke with the media this week, but to be quite honest, he didn't say much of pretty, like anything, anything of substance. But Taylor, why don't you just kind of give us a, a brief yeah, synopsis I mean, Hextall, of what was he, he really when, doesn't when he's like giving a whole lot away to the media. I mean, we, we, that's kind of his MO. He's very like anti-leak. Um, and then in these, he really doesn't give a whole lot away. You know, like he's asked about, you know, where things stand with Malkin and Latang, he says like, you know, you guys know I don't like negotiating through the media is like the, the phrase he used, but 
he still thinks, you know, um, they're still talking to them. He, he still wants to resign both of them. Mm-hmm. He wants both of them to retire as penguins in an ideal world. So not really anything new there. Um, but, uh, yeah, honestly, not a whole lot to come out of it. Um, Kapanen and Heinen, they're two RFAs. He, he seemed like they want Kapanen to be back. He said, you know, we expect him to be better next year. Um, Russ had a minor procedure done on his knee to clean out his knee. And he said, it's also informational, nothing to worry about. He said, very short recovery. It's not going to affect anything like training camp. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, I mean, asked about prospects, you know, which guys can make that leap next year. He said, Pustin and Bjork, Chris Holander, Poole and Joseph. Um, and those are just the guys he's named there. I, you know, I, there are probably others in there. They're, they're close, but I mean that's uh, the takeaways. Where do we want to start? Let's start with Kapanen. So that's that's interesting that he and obviously you're, there's never going to be a situation where a coach or a GM comes out and says, "Yeah, he sucked, and we don't want to bring him back." And not that anybody ever would, but you you just know that they're going to obviously talk up players like that especially players who have struggled if there's any kind of intention one way or the other uh but jenna what so we we saw kind of some fire some spark some speed from kapanen in the playoffs but still was not translating do you think that what they're saying is kind of really what they're seeing does does kapanen have potential to kind of break through whatever slump that was and is it worth it for the pens to bring him back yeah that's a good question that is kind of i mean i feel like we always say like that is the question but that's going to be something that they have to answer here and see what you know because obviously last season not this past season but we saw what his abilities were we saw what he brought to the table we saw his speed we saw his playmaking ability how he was able to generate things off the rush the chemistry that he had with Malkin that worked so well Mm. and then it was such a letdown this season and that was something interesting too when we had talked with him at locker cleanouts he had basically kind of you know really was hard on himself and said like this season wasn't good for him. He did not play well. It was one of, I, I, I mean, am I crazy? He, he said he was like one of the worst tough, of his yeah. career, if not the Basically. worst, something to that extent. Yeah. He went through some, some tough stretches, but he wants to come into next season and have it be his best season. And, not mm. only, I mean, you could, you could, you look at guys and you can kind of see the emotion. You can see kind of how they feel. And he, you could sense that he really believes that you could really sense that like, he knows he has to be so much better in order yeah. to perform his contract. And does the team see that you want to think that they do, but also it could be a really good opportunity for them to say, Hey, you know, he was down last year, but look at what he was capable of a year ago here, let's work on a trade. Let's send him somewhere too because of his cap yeah. hit and where the money is with him. I, I don't know. I feel like he is going to probably be on the team next year, but also it would not surprise me in any way, shape, or form if they found a way to wheel and deal maybe with a Vancouver, maybe with yeah. a type of team yeah. along those lines, especially he, because we know so how he, fun yeah, He's Jim a restricted free agent. Too. People do get confused. They yes, can trade do. his rights. That is something that happens. So yeah, that's something – if they do, I think, trade him um, – yeah, you know, just trade his rights. You're probably not going to get a whole lot back. Um, you you typically don't. Um, I honestly, the last RFA's rights mm-hmm. I remember the Penguins trading were Tyler Kennedy and like 
2014 and they got back a draft pick and they used it to move up in the draft like a couple spots and then they drafted Tristan Jari so I don't know maybe you do get stuff back sometimes but Kapanen so his cap hit this year was 3.2 million and he's an RFA and you know when there's when you're an RFA there are and you want to make a qualifying offer to a player there aren't um there are guidelines for what it has to be it's for one year um, it's either one way, one way or two way. It depends on you know like their history. Whatever Kapanen's would have to be one way, and it's um, it's a hundred and five percent of their previous base salary. Um, so like a, a slight raise from their base salary. Now they don't have to sign that deal. That's what you do to keep their negotiating rights, and then you know and to have the first right of refusal if anyone wants to submit an offer sheet and all that. Now Kapanen three point two million cap hit. You wouldn't do a 105% raise on that, right? But you look at the way his contract was structured. Um, most of his money was paid out in the form of signing bonuses, not base salary. His base salary was only $800,000, but the way his contract was structured. So if they want to make a qualifying offer to him, um, $840,000 to $1 million is the range. Like, they can't be above $1 million. It can't be below, and it has to be at least $840,000. So they could do that. Now, I mean, they can still then offer, you know, another kind of contract for him to, to sign, um, you know, somewhere around like $1 million, $2 million, something like that. And then he can play on that. Or, you know, um, they can make that qualifying offer and maybe he signs a qualifying offer and he plays it, you know, cause he's not in a situation where he can really hold out. Um, you know, sitting out of year is not going to help him. Um, he does have arbitration rights, which could make things tricky. If he elects arbitration, then, you know, a, a salary could be awarded. I, it's not going to be more than it was last year. I don't think based on the way he performed last year. Um, and also for him, um, electing arbitration is a little risky because once a player mm-hmm. does that, they can no longer receive offer sheets. So if a team does want to take a chance on him in uh, restricted free agency, they would no longer be allowed to do that. But either way, I think making a qualifying offer to him, no brainer, just good asset management, whether it's to keep his rights to then trade or maybe hope some team wants to get an offer sheet because with a salary that low, they wouldn't have to give up too many draft picks um, in an offer sheet. Mm. You know, this isn't like an AHO where we're talking about like several first round picks. Um but I, I think just it would be good asset management, but then also you can get him back yeah. pretty cheap. And capping in at like $1 million, like you absolutely take that. Yeah, it's not, it's, you know, it, it's worth it to at least see what you can do. And then maybe even if you keep him, see what he can potentially be capable of. Because you, Jenna mentioned that he did have chemistry with Malkin in uh not this past season but 20 2021 that season um yeah. yeah he he did and Malkin was out for the first part of the season so it's possible he just hockey is such a mental sport so you know it it could have been just like totally different and gotten his head after he whiffed a few times you, you never know but it that is very helpful to know because I have no clue how restricted unrestricted all that stuff works against each other but yeah we really didn't learn much from from the gm in this one but i again we were not expecting them to he did make a joke that the reason they gave us a contract when he did was because it was hunter's birthday so i got me to thinking 
Um, Malkin's son's birthday is May 31st. Mark that down. And I tweeted that. I'm like, so that's when it's going to happen. And everyone's like, oh, that's not good then because Chris okay. Letang's son's birthday is in November. I looked into it. Chris Letang's daughter, July 5th. So Malkin's... Okay. Malkin's signing on May 31st. Chris Letang's All right. Office. So we have a brief, um, like, outline. <laughs> Perfect. It you is. Heard it Wages later this year, July 13th. So that's, that's going to happen. It's not that's July 1st people. anymore. So oh we're God. not, you know, cutting it a little close, but anything okay. for Victoria's birthday. And we're back. We have some news from around the league as well, because obviously Florida, the team that I thought was going to go to the Stanley Cup finals, gone, done, swept by the reigning champion, back-to-back champions, the Lightning. Yeah, so there's that. Um, Florida's gone. They're swept. That was a bit of a bummer of a series because I thought that it was going to be so much better than it was. Um, yeah, I mean, we're talking about play. Like everyone thought Bobrovsky was going to be the problem. Like, and no, Bobrovsky's no. fine. He's fine. It's their top power play that blows it for him. Oh my god! Jeez. And they were what fifth in the league this season in power uh-huh. play. Like they were something bad. insane. Yeah, oh. uh, it, in like these games, they weren't even like interesting, exciting. Like we're talking about, like you know, like that we're getting Battle of Alberta, Battle of Florida, the same round. Battle of Alberta, living up to the hype. Battle of Florida, like that one. Big that's, flop. That's junk. Yeah, I mean, uh, Tampa. I mean, I I don't know. They're I don't know why we're kind of rolling. A lot of people are rolling out a three-peat. I think just because you're like, oh, they can't do it three times in a row. It's like, no, I, they might do it three times in a row. because are good, they, yeah. They were even dealing with injuries. When Vasilevsky mm-hmm. is like unbeatable. So um, I don't know. I think Tampa might be my pick now after that. It looks like they have it in them, seriously. It, and yeah. which that annoys me because I didn't want to see them go back to back to back. But they're just really good and they have – a fantastic dude in net like it just it's and it's so hard when the goalie is playing so well i keep seeing things of like we need a vasileski versus shesterkin uh eastern conference final and like don't want to put the cart before the horse but that i mean it'd kind of be that'd be epic Uh uh-huh That'd be fun. Ridiculous. But we've said too, like whoever's going to come out of the East, it was going to be a gauntlet anyway. I mean, the West in itself is phenomenal, but my Mm -hmm. God, it was going to be, you feel like whoever was coming out of the East regardless is going to be like dead by the time they get to the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Like missing limbs dead. Like the, and it's been obviously kind of that way because Jacob Truba is still on his same old garbage. Like it just, and the league is doing nothing. So it's not, that's not helpful, but he dirty hit yet again. What is going on with that dude? Yeah, it's um, it was on Max Domi, um, in the neutral zone, open ice. He just kind of launches his entire body into Domi. Now Domi is falling, but he doesn't, you know, just launch his body into him. And it looks, you know, like his elbows going up. It looks a lot like it's hit on Crosby. It looks a mm. lot like the hit on Kyra, and then the hit on McKinnon earlier in the year. At what point, I mean, so there's obvious head contact, but at what mm-hmm. point does like intent not matter at, like in, in the league rules and do they make that change? Because you think like 
it's like a high stick. If you high stick someone in the face, it's a high stick. It doesn't mean it matter if you mean to or not, but a headshot, it's like, well, did they mean to do it or did they not? Um, if, if intent is, is taken into account and like, Oh, what's the principal point of contact? Then guys are just going to keep doing this and pushing the line. Yeah. And like Truba obviously has a history of doing that because that's mm-hmm. for what all this season. So, yeah. And if he's not getting penalized, if he's not getting called for it, he's gonna be like, all right, they're not going to call me. I'm not going to get in trouble. So why wouldn't I use this to my advantage? Why wouldn't I, and again, you know, you don't entirely know the logic, but like, why wouldn't he do that? I also found mm-hmm. it very intriguing though, that once again, this came after Gerard Gallant had something to say about the lack of physicality among his players. Yeah. What, what did he say? Like, we have the guys that can handle that, like talking about, uh, like it was the game, like talking about like Reeves, like, oh, like, re- like basically threatening to unleash Reeves, but I, I don't know. I don't know. We're not seeing Reeves. We're, we're just seeing, you know, like, because Reeves really wasn't that much of a factor in the Penguin season either. We're, we're seeing the guys like Chuba take, take out uh, opposing players, not the guys you'd think. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's not just happening in the East. Obviously, there's been a whole thing with the, the hit after hit on Nazem Kadri over over there in in the west like these it's just unbelievable what what is going on the cadre bennington thing is like i people are talking about like cadre's history i i you know in the past he has had dirty hits or but this what injuring bennington he's going for the puck like he's trying to score he's not like and it, it you you slow it down and you watch the replay maybe it looks worse than it is but i mean he, he has like a, a millisecond he's not thinking like oh i'm gonna hurt bennington right here no he's he's trying to score it's unfortunate yeah. that happened but um i think yeah the the backlash cotter got for it and a lot of like I, I think it was his sister maybe that posted a lot of like the racist um mm. dms they've gotten it's just it's just yeah. disgusting but um yeah but that's the, like- Oh, good. No, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was just saying, but then, like, also, you see, he is getting, you know, uh, the game after that. They are clearly targeting him, going after him on the ice, and then he responds with a hat trick. So, um, and it's just like the 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 racist comments, the racist attacks. Yeah. It's disgusting. There's absolutely no place for that in this game. Say whatever negative thing you want when your opponent, you know, intent or not, hurts your goaltender. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. That's just and um, Craig Berube, uh, the head coach at the Blues, um, on Wednesday before the game um, came. You know, in his uh, morning skate availability, was talking just about how he's not on social media, but like he's heard about all this stuff, and like it's absolutely not okay. It's just like there's absolutely no place for that at all. Like, say your negative mm-hmm. criticism, say whatever you want. Do not bring race into it. Don't, don't. Some of the comments have just been absolutely horrific. These direct messages, like, just, no, just not a time or a place. And, like, yeah. his, it's his sister. I mean, it was, like, a, it wasn't him that posted it, too. Like, it, like they're going after, like, his family and crazy. Um, it's a game. exactly (laughs) it's a game oh my god and i think that's where everybody just kind of like those when those comments are made people just completely lose sight of that it's a game calm down there is no need to ever ever say anything like that especially not over something that literally does not affect your life no No. just uh, unbelievable 
But, Spe- uh, God. Speaking of yeah. hits, should we transition to Dominic Simone? <laughs> oh no, <laughs> it's kind of not funny, but like Dominic Simone, um, he's over in world the world. Well, he was over in the world championships. They're happening in Helsinki in Finland. He was on. I think he's playing like the third line for for Czechia. That's what you call the Czech Republic now. That's what they're going by. Um, okay. He got kicked off. Well, they parted ways. It was like a mutual thing. But I think if he hadn't agreed to leave, they would have just kicked him off. He got in a fight with a teammate. And he initiated the fight. Like he fought Philip Hronik, defenseman from Detroit. Like Hronik's still on the team because it's Dom initiated the fight. And I like I read that. And I mean, like Dominic Simone, you mean like the most mellow, soft-spoken guy from that locker room? Um, just incredibly surprising. His family did issue a statement to uh, one of the Czech outlets confirming it and saying, you know, he's had a, it was a really tough year for him, but just uh, really surprising to see Dominic Simone of all people get in a fight with a teammate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never would have, never would have guessed that that yeah. would happen. I don't know. Um, if you had that one on your bingo card, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Showing he has some uh, truculence, he can play long pants hockey. Audition. He, 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 he maybe he comes back. Is this Dom Simone's cry to come back to Pittsburgh? I don't know. Honestly, you know, because they maybe? brought him back the second time already. When when he got traded, um, I think like a couple of us were joking like at the rink that day on trade deadline day, like he'll be back. <laughs> like, he'll probably, he'll probably he always back. finds his way back here. <laughs> If it's meant to be, it'll always find its way back to one another. <laughs> meant to be. Oh my goodness, the official it motto of Dominic Simone in Pittsburgh. To, to, to Anaheim. Uh, <clears throat> other news out of the Czech Republic, though. Yager. Yeah. I have that post up if you want to read it. I mean, I can a little show you. He got in a little car accident here. Um, yikes he's fine he um accident he got hit by well he got hit by a train it sounds like um a tram a tram he pulled he accidentally pulled out in front of the tram didn't see it coming you look at the picture i mean it hit him you know driver driver's side door um head on looks pretty bad he said he's fine no injuries um he had a post the other day too about how he's looking forward to next season so he's not retiring yet he's still playing um he's gonna crazy. play for all eternity <laughs> he's never calling it quits yeah is is yager benjamin button <laughs> i mean you know what maybe he's 50 now, yeah. i don't know i mean he i don't know he was still put a points too for his check team i know like i i think more so last year like he's not playing every game and some games he is out there just like a limited fourth line role and but they're putting that here on the top power i mean he can play as long as he wants for that team he owns the team it's his team like he can he can play as long as he wants to um i don't know but <sighs> former former line made a dominic simone's at worlds you know, yeah. you know that <laughs> <laughs> very, very <laughs> for a brief time <laughs> glad, glad to know that he's doing well in that yeah everything. But also, like, and I don't mean this to sound terrible, but, like, he's somebody that if, like, again, gets in a car accident, it looks terrifying, and you're like, oh, yeah, he walked away. Like, totally fine. Yeah, Not of course. Yeah. Yep. Superpowers, unreal. that man. He's yeah. he's kind of, like, feels untouchable. <laughs> he just yeah. does whatever he wants. I mean, yep. and so, like, the Penguins are definitely going to retire his number someday. Like, Mario said mm-hmm. that much at the That's NHL 100 um, 
you know, the top 100 players mm-hmm. for the 100th year. But, like, he has to retire first. Like, they can't, you know, because they would have, like, some kind of ceremony, you know, banner raising where he's, you know, it's, you'd, ideally he would be there um, at his banner night. But uh, if he's still playing, he can't do that. So, oh my goodness. I don't know, you might see, like, 87, 71 in the rafters before 68 because, uh, I don't know, he's not going to retire. he's he's the hero that we that we need Uh, not the one we deserve but he is he's something else that man oh my god (laughs) oh lord i love it well everybody thank you so much for tuning in as always we drop new episodes every thursday so make sure you're subscribed whether it's on a podcast platform or it's on youtube we are all over the place we'll see you next week for another new episode 